Hello, and welcome to this week's I Can't Believe That Happened. I am so excited about what we're going to talk about today. I just want a fair warning. I am recording this at home on the weekend when all of my children and all of my animals are running around, so hopefully I'll give a few minutes of privacy to record this, fingers crossed. But if you hear pug or dog barking, you will definitely know why. All right, so I've been dying to do this episode. This is one of my favorite topics in history. If I could get into a TARDIS time machine and go back in time, what I would have to do is go to Barnum's American History Museum. Now, some of you might have seen The Greatest Showman, and that is a movie that mostly takes place in, I told you, there's the dog going, um, that mostly takes place in the Barnum Museum, but it doesn't even begin to cover the absolute marvel that this was. So I want to do that for you. I'm going to really get into this. It's very exciting because P.T. Barnum was a problematic character in history, but he was never not exciting. So we're just going to jump right into this. The Barnum Museum was arguably the wonder of the world in the 1800s. This was the place to go, the place to be. It was world famous. So like I said, if you watch The Greatest Showman, you can kind of get the filmmaker's idea of what the Barnum American Museum was like. I really feel like they didn't take it far enough, not even close, which is really kind of funny when you think about now that we have these green screens and we have CGI, you would think that they could recreate what was true and real between 1840s to the 1870s, but they didn't. They really missed a huge opportunity to show what an amazing place this was. So... I'm going to give you a little background and history on the museum so you can know what happened and what this was like. And you can see in your mind what the filmmakers didn't actually show. So step right up. We're going to go back to 1841 and we're going to hear about how there was a live whale performing grizzly bears and a Fiji mermaid all in one building. So we're going to start off with a little bit of the history about the building. And I promise you, this is not boring. This is really kind of defining who P.T. Barnum was as a person. So buckle up. It gets kind of fun and interesting. So I don't know if any of you have ever been to New York and to Manhattan. I have. It's crazy. It's amazing and very, very busy. And that is where P.T. Barnum decided to have his museum. Now, what happened is, in 1841, if you want the simple version, P.T. Barnum bought the Scudder American Museum. And uh, that's the easy, nice story. The Scudder American Museum had started in 1781, and it was pretty nice. It had some general curiosities like stuffed snakes, bison, and a forest scene. Uh, But if you um, have any idea about P.T. Barnum, you know that was never going to be enough. Now, here is where you're going to learn a little bit about P.T. Barnum's character. Yes, he bought the Scudder Museum. He was a little sneaky about it. Um, He arranged to become the manager of a competing museum that was called Peel's Museum. By the way, head on over to the website. Look at the show notes if you want to see any of these things. Go ahead and click on. I have all this linked up so you can actually see what these places were and what some of the talent was like. I will explain really quickly, though, for any of you guys who are a little bit younger and any parents listening. I make sure this is kid-friendly. The websites and my research is not necessarily kids-friendly. You might want to just take a quick peek at it before you um, take a look through together as a family. All right, or as friends. Um, just uh, maybe we'll have a grown-up to take a quick look to make sure it's okay. 
especially when it comes to P.T. Barnum. I promise this is about as clean as I can make him, but it's still got to let some in to really understand who he was. All right. So back to P.T. Barnum decided to become a manager at Peel's. Now, what he did while he was working for Peel's was he said, I will work for you, Peel's, if you as Peel's Museum will buy the Scudder Museum. And Peel said, okay, sure, I'll buy the museum. So P.T. Barnum decides to, uh, we'll put in quotations, help out. And he goes over to Peel's himself and he says, if the sale of this museum doesn't go through, hey, Scudder's, why don't you sell it directly to me? So how much do you want to bet that that sale did not go through? And P.T. Barnum ended up with one heck of a deal on a five-story building in Manhattan. All right, so nice? No, but like I said a million times, history does not exist to make us comfortable, but it's there for us to learn from. Okay, so once P.T. Barnum gets a hold of a five-story museum, the first thing he does is he goes about to do promotion. And if P.T. Barnum was nothing else, he was one of the best promoters in history. He understood marketing like no one else. With this five-story exterior, he started putting in limelight, which imagine, this is 1841, a five-story exterior advertisement. And I'm sitting here doing this with my hands, and um, you guys aren't seeing that, but huge, amazing, big advertising of what was inside this museum. Now, the museum opens up on January 1st, 1842, and we think about a museum as sort of like something that's sort of exciting. I live over in, in the Bay Area, so we have the Academy of Sciences, which is all sorts of things, including a rainforest and an aquarium and that exists here and now um in the 2000s uh, this is 1842 and i will i will do an episode on the world's fair um which took place in the 1800s and the 1900s um it was kind of like that which took up an entire city but it was in one five-story building so in barnum's american museum it was a wax museum, a freak show, a lecture hall, a zoo, a museum, a theater. And um, some of the things that existed in there were scientific instruments, exotic fossils, relics of the Revolutionary War and the War of 1812, precious stones and coins, modern appliances, which is kind of cool if you think about like what you could have seen because if you're looking 1840s to 1870s you are on the cusp of what is possible so the things that were being invented would be nothing short of magic at that time you could go into areas where you could watch people blow glass and do all sorts of different kinds of amazing things you could see fortune tellers there was a flea circus i have a video in the show notes so you can actually watch what a real flea circus is like not the same one but you can get a general idea there were pretty baby contests that were very very popular there was even a rifle range there was a loom that was powered by dogs <laughs> there was ned the learned seal there was the fiji mermaid um quick note in the show notes if you click on this to see the fiji mermaid they kind of made the video a little scary i don't know why harvard would do that but it was the best video i could find and it's an incredible explanation you really do get to see it so don't get scared when you watch it, it comes into a really good explanation and you'll get to see 
exactly what the Fiji mermaid really was. And if you have an idea of P.T. Barnum, you have a pretty good idea this was not the real mermaid. Um, But it's a very interesting story. It's interesting to look at. And this was actually a plan that Barnum had. He would put in implausible things in his museum because it led people to question if any of the exhibits were real. A Fiji mermaid probably wouldn't exist. So if the Fiji mermaid didn't exist, then maybe other things didn't either. And that was kind of an um, interesting way of doing things because if he could put his own negative press out there, it really led to more people coming to the museum so that they could see if if these things were real for themselves. And this is something he used over and over and over again as a tactic from running a museum to being a politician to the circus. All right, so he also had Chang and Aang there who were Siamese twins. He had a live beluga whale in an aquarium in the 1840s. He had giants. Um, He had Native American performers do traditional songs and dances in the theater. Again, history is not here to make us feel comfortable. Grizzly Adams, who trained bears the bearded lady josephine and i am not gonna be able to say her last name but it's in the show notes whose beard began to grow when she was eight years old he had adaptations of biblical stories and some of the things that i read about these um i couldn't find good enough sources to really link it but there was reports of over a thousand actors and actresses being a part of these. So just let your brain hit that for a minute. 1840s, you're in an amphitheater or in a theater, and there on the stage is these amazing spectacles going on of up to a thousand actors and actresses with incredible sets. And you would have magicians and ventriloquists and other performers up there. Incredible. There's adaptations of Uncle Tom's Cabin. There was General Tom Thumb. Um, You can head to the show notes and find... I did a two-part episode on General Tom Thumb. He's a really interesting man. Then there was a natural history part of the museum, which housed taxidermy, historical paintings, um, wax figures. And in the theater, there's also Shakespeare and lectures. So that's pretty amazing. So while Bardem was... Uh, putting together a very interesting thing. He um, he never did anything without thinking of money and publicity. So one of my favorite stories about the museum was that Barnum was realizing that people were lingering way too long at exhibits, and it was making it hard to get more people to come through. So he put up signs saying, this way to egress, and people were thought the egress was a really neat exhibit. So they kept following the signs, and they found out that egress was another word for exit and would end up outside the building. Oh, I realized I'm just getting to 10 minutes. I hope you guys will forgive me. This will be one of our longest episodes. I don't want to make it a two-parter, so please just keep listening. I promise we're almost the end of this episode, but it's so neat, and it's one of my favorite. so please stick with me. All right, so at the height of its popularity, Barnum's American Museum had 15,000 visitors a day, and they paid 25 cents a ticket. And keep in mind, 15,000 people a day sounds like a lot, but... During that time, the population of the United States was just under 32 million. So that's a lot of people. Um, And also, there's a lot of uh, royal backing for this. And the Prince of Wales even took time during his visit to the United States to visit the museum. So how is it that this doesn't still exist? It was such an amazing thing. It was incredibly popular. What happened? All right, this is called the Cursed Museum. And I'm going to explain why. And I will explain why as nicely as I can. Um, 
if you have been looking at these dates and you're hearing 1840, 1870s, you're going to either know or you're going to learn really soon in history class that this is right around the Civil War. So in November of 1844, the war came to Barnum and he was a public abolitionist, which meant that he was against slavery. And the Confederate Army of Manhattan tried and failed to burn down the museum. As a fan of history, as you can tell, and I love museums, I wish I could say that a lot was learned about fire safety. Uh, but unfortunately, in the next year, the museum burned completely down July 13th, 1865. And um, Barnum being Barnum, he opened a new museum in September 6th, 1865. But that also burned down March 3rd, 1868. So you can see why... This was called the Cursed Museum. And Barnum is one of a kind sort of man, and he never let anything get in his way. He always moved forward. He never really let failure stop him or tragedy stop him. And he used that last tragedy as a way to step into politics and into the circus industry, which if you've been listening to the last few episodes, I've been really into the circus. All right, so I've said a million times, history does not exist to make us comfortable. And there's a lot about P.T. Barnum and his life I am not comfortable with. And it does not sound good when you look at it from this point in time in history. So why is it I would talk about him? Why would I, I put this out here to you guys? And I just talked to my son about this this morning. There are people in history who have imaginations that are so big and so amazing that they reshape our world and they reshape our reality and our concept of what's possible. And P.T. Barnum, like him or not, approve of him or not, he was one of those people whose imaginations was so big that he changed what we thought is possible, what could happen. He reshaped the world. So... Think about people from history. Who do you think is another sort of person whose imagination and thoughts were so big that they changed our world? And hey, what giant ideas do you have that you think can make the world different and better? And comment below, please. I would love to read these and I'll read my favorites on the next episode. So thank you so very much for listening to I Can't Believe That Happened. It's a history podcast for kids. Please hit subscribe, share the podcast with friends and teachers. And if you'd like to do something really nice for this podcast, um, it's pretty new. And you've seen I've been a little irregular in posting. I'm sorry I'm also sick. Um, I try to post as often as I can. But you can take that opportunity to be one of the first people to leave a written review and and tell us what you think. Tell us what we could do better. I always appreciate that as well. Um, unless I get sidetracked, and we all know that is a definite possibility. Next week, I am going to be starting up with the history of magic. You probably can guess that it has been on my mind and what I've been dying to do since I started this podcast. I cannot wait. So we are going to cover some of the most famous acts, some of the most famous magicians, some of the most famous things that happened to these magicians and in their acts. It's going to be a lot of fun. Let me know if there's anything about the history of magic and magicians you would like me to cover. And remember to head over to the website, take a look at the show notes. Again, warning, um, these are my research that is not sanitized for everyone, um, but it can give you a lot of good ideas and you can see some of the pictures there too. Uh, thank you so much. Have a great week.